Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. But today I want us to do something that I don't know about you, but I did when I was a child every time I walked into school. We would walk into the school. We would see the Ten Commandments proudly displayed in the center of our school. When we went to our classes, the first thing we did was stand, put our hands on our heart, and give our pledge of allegiance to our great country. We've been doing a series called, How Can I Be the Light in a World of Darkness? And this week and next week, we're going to talk, we're going to name the, the parts of this series, Make America Godly Again. So we're going to put the uh, pledge up there, and I'd ask you to put your right hand over your heart, as we used to, when America was great and will be great again. And let's say this out loud together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. God bless America. Turn to five people before you're seated and turn to them and say, make America godly again. Amen. Happy 4th of July. Make America godly again. On October 21st, if you have your Bibles, and I'm sure you do, turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3. It's on page 1106. And on October 21st, we're going to do a big outdoor praise and worship and prayer time we've got bands coming in speakers coming in and all of you that are watching around the world by stream we want to invite you coming in we have people coming in from brazil we have people coming in from mexico just to be with us to stand to make america great again and it's going to be called unite the light because as i read the other day in almost every one of the teachings that the lord said you are the light of the world And once again, the only way darkness can exist is in the absence of light. Now, I want you to think about that. As as our nation, and I know people are watching from all over the world right now, but as our nation becomes darker and darker in the things they're teaching to our children and the things that our government is doing in abortion, in 
in, in uh, transgender operations and all the things that I can't believe are happening in, in my lifetime. As it gets darker and darker, the answer to the darkness is you. Because Jesus said, you are the light of the world. I can remember years ago when Tiz and I were starting a church in, in um, uh, Washington, state of Washington, and uh, this lady, it was, we're brand new, Tiz would take the, her, our van out and pick people up for church. I'd come in, we had a little warehouse, and, and I'd come in and clean everything and turn on the heater and get everything ready, set up the chairs. And this one lady we met said, well, I've got these people, they need this, they need that, and could you go and do that? And we were, we were starting the church, we were doing everything, we had no helpers or anything. And Tiz ran into the lady, and, and she said, did you do this for these people? And Tiz said, you know, we didn't have a chance. And the lady said, that's the problem with the church. The church doesn't get these things done. And me being the very patient person that I am, <laughs> I said, lady, who, what do you think the church is? The church is not a building. The church are the people. And Jesus said, we're going to defeat the darkness by every one of us being the light. Amen? Look with me in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3. We've been doing this series on being the light in the world of darkness. We talked about in the days of Noah when they didn't read the sign. We talked about in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. We talked about in the days of Baal and Molech and, and uh, uh, about children's sacrifice. But today and next week, I want to talk about Making America Godly Again in the Days of God Bless America. Read with me in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 12. Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return backsliding Israel. Now, instead of putting Israel in there, let's put the United States in there. Return backsliding United States, says the Lord. And I will not cause my anger to fall on you, for I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not remain angry forever. Only acknowledge your iniquity, acknowledge your backsliding, that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your charms and alien deities under every green tree and you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Look at verse 14. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. That word married actually, and I'll explain it next week, it's not married, it's actually I'm going to get married to you, but we're engaged. Come the rapture, we become the bride of Christ. Right now, it's an engagement, and we don't want to break that engagement. Give me a loud amen on that. And I, for I am married to you, I will take you, for one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you unto Zion. Let's look at today on celebrating our Independence Day. Let's look at, will you help make America godly again? There's a quote from uh, Ellie Weissel, and it really goes, Ellie Weissel was a Holocaust survivor, and he made this speech uh, when he received the Nobel Peace Prize. And it made me think about this, the scripture that God says, choose you this day 
whom you will serve. Every day you have to make a decision. Will you serve the world or will you serve the kingdom of God? Come election time, you make a decision. Whether you're voting for someone who is pro-Bible or you're voting for someone who is anti-Bible. As a matter of fact, we can say someone who is pro-devil. When we looked at the days of Noah and we looked at communism and socialism, communism and socialism were started by people that were anti-God and pro-Satan. When you look at Sodom and Gomorrah and you look at the transgender and all these teachings where we're going to go into the schools and uh, we're going to groom your kids and we're going to talk them into getting sex changes. We look at the leaders of this and we see that they themselves say, we are anti-God and we are pro-Satan. When you look at Baal and Moloch and you look at the sacrifice of innocent children, abortion on the rampage worldwide, you look at these people and they are saying right out, flat out, we are anti-God and we are pro-Satan. In New Mexico, where they were shutting down abortion, they decided here's the way we get, behind, get around it and we opened up churches of Satan and we declare that abortion is part of our satanic, our, our, our satanic ritual in serving Satan. So when we say, choose ye this day whom we will serve, and a politician will get up there and say, if you vote for me, I'll make sure that I am pro-babies being aborted. And we read, cursed is the man who profits from the sacrifice of a child. And so we've got to make these decisions. We don't make them as Democrats. We don't make them as Republicans. We make them as those who worship the Lamb of God. We worship Jesus Christ. Now, I know that's uncomfortable, but I want you to be uncomfortable because these are decisions because someday you and I will stand before the throne of God and we will, every single one of us, give an account. But even more than that, you're going to see next week, it will determine whether or not we make the rapture. And I think the rapture is closer to us than we can even imagine. So when God says, choose thee this day whom you will serve, he's saying you can't, you can't ride the fence. Ellie Weissel in his Nobel Peace Prize said, you must always take a side. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. It always helps the oppressor. Silence encourages the tormentor, never helps the tormented. You know, we're celebrating the 4th of July. We're celebrating uh, Independence Day and the greatness of our nation. When you look at pictures of masses of people trying to get into the United States, crossing the border, coming across, uh, as of June 2023, we have that we know of in America 16.8 million illegals in this country. 16.8 million. Now, I'm not sure how many people live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but it, not that many, I don't think. And if you look at these people coming across by the masses, why are they coming here? Well, some are trying to be terrorists, some are trying to bring drugs, but for the most part, they're looking for a better life. That's why they're coming. They're not trying to get into Russia. Nobody's trying to sneak into Mexico. Nobody's trying to sneak into Cuba. 
They want to get into America because of the American dream. And the American dream is because our nation was founded as one nation under God. And since the beginning of our nation, we have called upon God to bless us. And Almighty God has blessed us. And I feel sick in my stomach for people that want to remove that blessing from our nation by eliminating God from our schools, from our children, and from our government. The reason why these masses want to come is because we have a wonderful nation. Are we a perfect nation? No. There's never a perfect nation. You know, one, some, I, one time a lady said, oh, I'm looking for the perfect church. My response was, if you find it, don't join it, because if you join it, you'll ruin it. <laughs> there are no perfect people. There are no perfect churches. There are no perfect nations. But we're going in the right direction because we are founded as one nation under God. Now, we celebrate today the 4th of July. We celebrate the independence of our nation. And does anybody know what birthday this is for America? It's 247 years. Now, if you look at that, we're 247 years old. And, and we're a young nation. I mean, you think about Israel. Jesus was there 2,000 years ago. You think about the Rome. You think about Greece. You think about England. You think about Europe. You think about all these. America is 247 years old. We're a baby nation. But an interesting thing about that, and I read this study by a university that great nations last 250 years. Now, they call them empires, and in, in, in actual fact, America's not an empire, but it, it is an empire in that we have been the leaders of the free world for a long time. We're 247 years old. The av on the average, a nation that is a great nation or an empire nation lasts 250 years. So that means I believe we have three years. In reality, I believe we have two years to repent of our sin and become a godly nation again. Now, in this, in this university study of a nation, the leading nations of the world last 250 years, they said there are seven stages of an empire. And I want you to think about America, and you that are watching around the world, think about your nation. But there are seven stations before a great country collapses. The first stage is the age of pioneers. We think of uh, uh, the founding fathers coming over in the 13 colonies. Then we think, then the second stage is the age of conquest. We think about landing on the East Coast and coming all the way across to California and building railroads and conquering this whole nation that was a wilderness. The third stage is the stage of affluence. This is when the railroads and industry made us the wealthiest nation in the world. The fourth stage is the age of intellect. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it, I could teach all day on this. When you look at the great universities of America, like Harvard and Yale, and we could go on and on, those were all founded to raise up men and women to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were born on the Bible, on godly principles, and look at them today. The, set, the sixth age of a nation is the age of decadence. 
This is when the moral and cultural decline begins. And the final stage is the age of collapse. So you go from the age of pioneers, to the age of conquest, the age of affluence, they're making money, the age of uh, intelligence, building universities, giving our children education. Then it goes immediately into the age of decadence. And I read the study and it says, this is what marks the age of decadence. Number one, people become real defensive. You know, we have what's goes, going around in America called the cancel culture. If someone says something, then people just attack them. You know, I saw Jerry Seinfeld and several comedians say they won't go to universities anymore because you can't say anything, even in a joke, because everything is offensive. So the first thing in the age of decadence that brings about collapse is everybody becomes sensitive. The second thing is everybody becomes negative. And my thought on people being negative, why be negative? It won't work anyway. <laughs> then they become frivolous. Anything goes. Anything goes. We're just, we, we're, we're, we're just taking the boundaries off. Then comes the influx of foreigners and bringing in poverty, taking the workforce away from that country. Then comes the welfare state. Now, this is not a Christian study. This is a university study. Defensiveness, negativity, frivolous influx of foreigners. Then we become a welfare state. Don't pay me for what I'm working. Just pay me. Now, I believe in welfare. I believe welfare is for those who can't work, not for those who won't work. There's a big difference. So you have being defensive. You have being negative, you have being frivolous, and, and I wonder how many people I just offended by saying, if you can work, you don't deserve welfare. <laughs> being defensive, being negative, being frivolous, influx of foreign. You know, you think about negative. You think about uh, um, uh, politicians and elections. They don't tell you what they're going to build. They spend most of their time tearing the other guy down. So look at where we're at. Defensive, pessimist, frivolous, influx of foreigners, going into welfare state. And then they, they said, this is a university study. The final stage that brings the collapse is the weakening of religion. When we look at, we battle not with flesh and blood, but we do battle with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. We look at the the tearing down of the Ten Commandments, the tearing down of prayer in our school, the tearing down of one nation under God. And this is all under the guides of separation of church and state. Now, I know every one of you knows this, but do you know that in our uh, Constitution, there are no words that say separation of church and state? It's saying coming over here because our founding fathers came from the European area where the church, the state would get in and control what the church could and couldn't say. So they wrote in there saying the government will not stop us from worshiping the way we want to worship. But that's not being taught. It's not being taught on 
ABC and NBC and NSNBC and CNN, the Communistic News Network, it's not being taught. Our nation was founded, our great nation, the nation that masses are trying to get in because of the blessing of God, our nation was founded as a biblical nation. Let me, let me show you, read a couple things. This is by Robert Treat Payne, the signer of the Declaration of Independence. He says, I believe the Bible to be written, the written word of God, and contain it in the whole rule of faith and manners. William Samuel Johnson, signer of the Constitution of the United States, remember that you are redeemed of the Lord, that you are bought with a price, even the unestimable price of the precious blood of the Son of God. Acquaint yourselves with him, with his word, and with his holy ordinances. James Wilson, signer of the Constitution and the Declaration, our all-gracious creator and preserver, the ruler has been pleased to discover and enforce his laws by a revelation given to us immediately and directly from himself. This revelation is contained in the Holy Scriptures. Noel Webster, schoolmaster of America, Webster Dictionary. All the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from them, despising or neglecting the precepts that we find in the Bible. James McHenry, signer of the Constitution. The Holy Scriptures can alone secure our society order and peace and our courts of justice and constitutions of government. Purity, stability, and usefulness. Bibles are strong entrenchments. Where they, are, where they abound, men cannot pursue wicked courses and at the same time enjoy quiet conscience. This is why the devil wants the word of God out of our schools. Now, I don't know about you, but when I walked into school, the first thing you saw were the Ten Commandments. And the first thing that these anti-God, anti-freedom people did is said, we need to take that out. Why? Because when the kids walk in and they read it, they're reading the Word of God, and God said, my Word will not come back void. I don't care who you are, when you read or hear the Word of God, it will never leave you. Then they try to take prayer out, and they do this by saying our nation was not founded on biblical principles. James uh, Adams, a uh, signer of the Declaration, says, suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member would regulate his or her conduct by the precepts in the Bible. What a utopia. What a paradise this would be. The Bible is the best book in the world. Amen? So when you read these things, there's no way you can say that our nation is not great because we weren't founded as a biblical nation. Our founding fathers knew that for this nation to be great and our, the people to be blessed, the greatness and the blessing always came from Almighty God. That's why this nation is so great. Listen to this. America's commitment to the Bible was unwavering and was demonstrated in many ways. 
one of which was evident at the conclusion of the American Revolution. With the victory at the Battle of Yorktown, America was finally free from British policies, including the long-standing, listen to this, talk about nations collapsing, the long-standing one against printing a Bible in, the English, in, in English in America. Consequently, in 1781, a plan was advanced in Congress to print America's first English-language Bible. On September 12th, 1782, the full Congress, the full Congress approved that Bible, and it soon began rolling off the presses. Printed in the front of the Bible is a congressional endorsement declaring, in part, I quote, resolved that the United States in Congress assembled recommended this edition of the Bible to the inhabitants of the United States. Of the events surrounding the printing of America's first English language Bible, one early historian uh, observed, who will call in question the assertion that this is a Bible nation, who will charge the government with indifference to religion when the first Congress of the United States assumed all the rights and performed all the duties of a biblical society long before such an institution had an existence anywhere else in the world. God bless America. Amen? One quoted this and said, those who hate God are the same who hate freedom. How did this begin to turn? There was a lady by the name of Madeline O'Hare who under the guise of loving her children so much said, we're going to do everything we can to get God out of America, to get God out of our schools, out of our children's lives, out of our courts, and eventually out of, out of uh, America. Her son, who became, we're going to show a video here, a one-minute video. Her son, William Murray, became a pastor. And he said these words. He said, my mother was not only a communist, my mother was not only an atheist, but my mother was one of the most evil people who ever lived, who led many to hell. It's hard for me to say that, but it's true. I want you to look at the beginning, and many politicians are following this today, of taking God out of our country. Look at this one minute, 59 second video. My mother would be very pleased with the, at least the social aspects of the society in the West today. I recall an article she wrote for Hustler magazine, um, Larry Flint's uh, pornographic publication, in which she promoted abortion on demand, homosexual marriage, actually the elimination of marriage eventually, which is really what the, the gay agenda is about in the United States still. Those aspects should be very pleased with. Uh, the rise of the socialist movement on the democratic side, I think should be pleased with that. But the number of people that have gotten extremely wealthy in the United States and the amount of prosperity uh, in the upper class and middle classes should probably be very unhappy with.
her own son who became a pastor. His mother said to him, I wish abortion was legal when I was carrying you. Now, we could play much more on this woman who started this anti-God movement, and many politicians are still in going, going that way for the sake of people's votes. But in, in, the, in the story of Man on Her Hair, she twice, not only was she an atheist, she was a communist. But she was so evil, she twice tried to move to the Soviet Union, and they wouldn't let her in. And this is a woman that many politicians to this day still follow her communistic, anti-God lead. Those who hate God also hate freedom. Jeremiah, once again, God says, Return, O backslidden children, says the Lord. Return. And I believe today that that is the message to America. And I know there are people for every nation, but we need to turn back to being one nation under God. Amen. You know, I had last, uh, last Sunday, um, Sam and Shmulek from Israel came and had dinner with us at our house. And I said, Sam, what's the word for return? He said, Shuva. And I said, do you know what the word for backslider is? And he said, it's a, it's a strange word for, for us in Hebrew. The word return, now think about this. God says, return to me, and I'll return to you. But here in Jeremiah, he says, return, O backslidden nation. Return, you who are backslidden. The word return is shuvah. And without getting into all the vowels and everything, it has two, it has the letter, it ends with the letter, the second letter in the alphabet, Hebrew alphabet, bet. So the, return, the word return ends with the letter bet. The word backslider is the exact same word. It's the exact same word, only instead of ending with one bet, it ends with two bets. And the letter bet in Hebrew means a heart. So he's saying, bring your heart back to me, you who have two hearts. And as soon as I read that in Hebrew, I thought that's what Jesus was saying. He said, you cannot serve two masters. You're either going to serve the world or you're going to serve God. And you're going to end up hating one or the other. And this is what's happening in America as we get further and further away from God and we have two hearts. Listen, we're not Christians because we're born in America. We're Christians because we're born again and we follow the teachings of God and we serve him with one whole heart. We cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. That's a double-minded person and we become unstable in all of our ways. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. I'm going to close with this because we want to get out and have barbecue and have fun. But listen to these words. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, repent, and begin to pray, I'll come and heal their land. I'm ready for God to make America godly again. 
And the thing that grabs my heart today is it's not up to God. It's up to us. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And remember, the word light in Hebrew is the word or. And it means to bring illumination. It means an agent that makes something visible. You're an agent from God to make the word of God and the love of God and the goodness of God visible. It also means giving order to something that's chaotic. Our Bible begins in Genesis, in the beginning. The very first letter in the Bible is not Alpha, the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It's Bet. And God is saying, the world was without form and full of darkness, and it was void. It was full of chaos. But because I will put my light in your heart, I'll turn that chaos into a land and a place of great peace. Wherever you go, tell them, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When God saw this and the very first letter, bet, one whole heart, one heart towards God. And God said, before he made the sun, before he made the moon, if you look at it, that's down several verses. But when he saw the world full of darkness and chaos, he said, let there be light. And the way that reads in Hebrew is, in your heart, let there be light, 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 light. In other words, wherever we go, we're to bring to the world of darkness the light of God. Because the only way darkness can exist is in the absence of light. So I declare to all of us, and I declare to our nation, whatever nation is watching right now, let there be light. Let God make America godly again. How many agree with that on a great nation? Would you stand with me all over the building? There's so much more to say about this and the promises of God. You know, I, I, I look at this and I look at this and... In the natural, you go, how in the world are we going to get our country back? Look how far we've slid down. We've backslid in two years. But I look at this and I think, you know, we have three years before we hit that 250 mark. And I declare, we're not going under. We're going over. Now, let me say this so nobody gets upset. Well, I don't care if you get upset or not. <laughs> the battle set, Bible says we battle not with flesh and blood. I'm not battling with people, but we do battle that you got to understand. What's prompting these politicians, these people to turn us into not a, not a nation that we're proud of, but a one-world government, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, all these things. It's all, it's all one world. They don't want you loyal to a nation. They don't want you loyal to a flag. They want you loyal to the world. It's all a setup for the Antichrist. What's causing these people? Well, you know, when, when we went down, when Pastor Troy took the group down to our capital and the gay, gay uh, LGBTQ, sometimes white people, uh, were down there. And they're shouting. They're shouting. We are queer. We are here. We're not going anywhere. Satan rules. So that's not me saying that. 
That's them saying that. Satan rules. There was just, I was going to show it. I was going to show it. It's a 30-second tape, but it's too filed to show. I, I, uh, uh, Troy sent it to me on my phone. I go, I'm going to show that. And then they came to this morning and said, Pastor, we can't show that on the big screen. There's too many things, too many visible things. Make that go away. But they did the gay pride in uh, New York, and they're saying the same thing. Can we, can we do the audio without the picture? Don't put the picture up. Can we, can we do the audio? Okay, listen to this. Okay. Did you, can you hear what they said? All right. That's, an, that's enough. That's enough. Did you hear what they said? We're queer. We're here. And we're coming for your children. We're coming for your children. Come on. Time for us to stand up. We're not battling with flesh and blood. But I don't know about you. But I dare anybody to come in your home and try to get your children. So when they're shouting, we are queer, we are here, we're coming for your children, I thought, we need a slogan. So I wrote this. We're the children of God, we're not a few. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in you. Can we put that up? So say, say this with me. We're the children of God, we're not a few. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in you. I read the end of the book. We win. God bless America. Give the Lord a clap offering for our country. I've got really good news on next week's message. But I want to pray for our nation right now. Would you take your neighbor's hands all across the building? I want to pray for our nation. I want to pray for our families. I want to pray for our country. You know, in, in Portland, we had many, many, many people coming to our church out of the gay community. Gave their lives to the Lord, got married, had children, became uh, a strong part of the church in, in, in so many ways. I'm, I'm not talking about one or two, I'm talking about many. Because we understand we battle not with flesh and blood. But you do need to understand we're battling right now. When the Bible says in the last days there'll be wars and rumors of wars, we think of Russia and Ukraine, and those things are true. But everything in the Bible is physical and spiritual. And so we need to look at spiritual wars. The darkness is trying to overtake, but I believe God will make America and whatever country you're in, God will make it godly again because light always pushes out darkness. Wherever you go, be the light of God because Jesus is going with you. Lift your neighbor's hand up when you say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, 
Get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my body. Get out of my home, my family, my finances, my future. Get out of my country. I declare we are one nation under God. The power that is the name above every name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, make America godly again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a 4th of July clap offering of praise. Now, as we go, I pray that you have a great day, safe day, that you can eat as much as you want and not gain any weight. Now, in the back, listen to me just for one minute. In the back at the information booth, we have a sign-up. On October 21st, we think we're going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of people come out for this. We've got big bands, speakers coming. Make America, Unite the light. Make America godly again. But we need volunteers. We need, we need hundreds and hundreds of volunteers. So out in the information booth, you can sign up. You'll be a volunteer, security, whatever, and it'll be wonderful. We've got all kinds of things outside in the church here. If you don't want to get out in the heat, which I'm with you, we're going to watch the movie The Jesus Revolution right here in the church. This is the movement that I got saved in. And I read the, the book, and it says the latter rain is going to be greater than the former. Do it again, Lord, because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love you. Happy Fourth of July.